What's going on, Skytown? Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. My name is James K. With me on the mic, as always, is your co-host, Christopher J. Pennant. Chris, I know it's been an uneventful last 24 hours, so we just had to jump on the podcast. Um, how are you feeling today? Is there any news that came up that uh, you think that we should talk about today? Uh, Asia Wilson got a uh, team-friendly deal. <laughs> But from the aces, and I know that generated some waves. And Kalia Copper made the All Star game, so we had to make sure to come on the early morning, your Sunday morning uh, <laughs> podcast uh, to talk about that. That was it. That's everything. <laughs> oh my god, that was too funny. Yeah, no, man. I mean, obviously, we are hopping on the mic today because we had some big news coming out of Chicago yesterday. When the Sky announced that James Wade has stepped down as the team's head coach and general manager after four and a half seasons with the team, and he has accepted an assistant coach gig with the Toronto Raptors, who, if you are not familiar with, they are a part of the NBA, and Emre Vatan Sever, the team's lead assistant coach over the last couple seasons, has stepped up in his place, so... James Wade, man, he's no longer with the Chicago Sky. It's so weird to say. I mean, he's coached the second most games in franchise history. He has the highest winning percentage of any coach that has taken on that role in the past. And I guess the most important thing when we talk about James's resume is that he helped guide the Chicago Sky to their first ever WNBA championship in 2021. And the organization's moving forward. They have said as much in that press release that they sent out yesterday at around like one or two. Chris, what was the first thing that came to your mind when you saw this news? And what did you make of the timing of it? The timing is hard for me to say. The first thought is what I put on Twitter in a censored fashion, which was holy shit. (laughs) That was my first thought. That was that was my thought. Really, the rest of the day was holy shit. Even as I talked about it on on another podcast, I'm sorry to say yes. I'm seeing other podcasts. How dare you? (laughs) You We've been together since 2019, Chris. Uh, Poly podcasting is the wave of the future, man. You got to (laughs) get on it. Anyway, um, the timing is, I don't know what to make of the timing. I, I honestly don't. The free agency period for the NBA just commenced the other day. But that doesn't really have bearing on, on a coach's, as, as far as I, can tell as far as I remember that doesn't have necessarily have bearing on, on hiring coaches, unless you are the the Raptors and brought in a new head coach after moving on from Nick nurse, they brought in uh, Darko Ryakovich. but I, I mean, the timing in terms from the Chicago skies perspective is, is odd to say the least. And I think we all know that there's more at work than a mutual parting of ways. It just has to be with the suddenness of this announcement and even some of the reporting that what we can what we can glean from the reporting on it but yeah holy shit is still very prevalent in my mind in terms of a response to this i've been thinking a lot about this since the news came out and i gotta say i'm not shocked to see that wade and the sky are going in different directions but i am a little bit miffed by the timing of it. 16 games into the season, the Sky have had 
some level of success this year. Obviously, the six-game skid is what marred them, but the timing is definitely the most peculiar thing when we look at this whole situation. And I've been chewing on this again the last few hours, the last 12, 24 hours. And a part of me believes that James was worried about his job security. I'm not going to lie. And I know that might shock some people, especially given the success that James has had. I know that the Tribune and sometimes like I saw what Nadia Rawlinson told them about this kind of coming out of the blue, but I think when you start to connect some of the dots here, and this is more of a theory, I'm not reporting any of this. I actually haven't really had time to talk with anybody about this as that much within the league because I have a day job and was working yesterday at the Cubs game. One of the quotes... Oh, sorry. (laughs) Also a reflex. One of the quotes that's getting around right now on social media and that people are talking about is the one from Annie's story about how James always viewed himself as a WNBA lifer and that he wanted to be like Greg Popovich and Eric Spolstra, both two long tenured coaches in the NBA and that he wanted to be in Chicago. He didn't want to go anywhere else. And and that quote came last year. And that's not something that he's just told us sometimes. Like he's told, he has told me that before. I'm sure he's told other media members. I think when you are interviewed as much as he is or any player or coach you have these one-liners that you have subconsciously in your head and I believe him when he said that he is a WNBA lifer and in fact in 2021 when I talked to Cheryl Reeve about a story that I was writing about James she had this to say he's passionate about the WNBA he's not a guy who's using this as a way to get somewhere in the NBA and that was something that was important to me And I 100% believe her when she says that. And I, again, I believe James when he said that too, not just to me, but when I saw that quote from Andy, it's like, just think about his time in the WNBA for a second. He was someone that saw a Titan in Dan Hughes carve out his legacy in Seattle when he worked in Seattle. He saw one of the greatest coaches in basketball history create her own legacy in Minnesota and Cheryl Reeve. And As someone who has reported on him for four and a half seasons, I don't think he is someone that views the NBA as a superior league than the WNBA. He has worked for two people that have been super successful in women's basketball. His wife is one of the best French players of all time. And I just don't think we can underestimate how big a deal it was last year. How, like, just the way that they lost how heartbreaking it was, like the disconnect that the Sun-Times has mentioned felt real. And I know that James even said earlier last year or earlier this year that he wished that he was monitoring like how things are going off the court more than he like he was more active about that in years past. He said something along the lines of that. And as the team's general manager, man, again, like the face of the front office, they also just went through a lot this past offseason losing Courtney Allie Quigley, Candace Parker, Ezra Stevens, Julie Alamont, Emma Meesem, and you go down the line. And I think when you start to look at just look at how hard that 2021 championship run was with how heartbreaking it was at the end of 2022, I think James's status might have been a little bit more shaky than people realize given how successful he, he was with the Chicago Sky. And it's, I'm not taking anything away from him. Like, 
there's one person that would have directed that. There was one person qualified for that 2019 team to get them to where they ended up going, and it was James Wade. And I just think that none of this makes sense based on what he has said in the past about being a WNBA lifer. And then we look at what happened over the last two seasons and how, again, it was just a tough circumstance for everybody in the organization, including him. I just don't buy what we have seen, what's been reported so far. And this is all to say what we've not even talked about, like how he's handled the media in the past as well. So to me, I wasn't shocked by this, but it's the timing. And I think that's when you can defend him. If James Wade thought that his job security was in jeopardy and there's a, an opportunity to leave, to go to another professional organization where you go into job interviews, not being like someone who was laid off, but someone that still has power within your own position. I kind of get why James would leave as much as it is a tough situation for like, he's leaving behind for the sky. That is undebatable. This is a tough situation. He's leaving behind. But if he felt like his job security was on the line, I kind of get why he would bolt. And that's the only reason why I think James, I, I've been thinking about this. I've looked at it from every single angle. And that's the one that makes the most sense to me, not reporting it, but that's what is that's the best argument that I can make for this situation right now. Is there anything that is that too much of a stretch here when you look at all this? Because I'm I'm happy to talk this one out. I'm really trying to make sense of it. No, I don't think so. Um, from somebody who has who's been working around being laid off for the last God, nine months, almost ten. Actually, uh, yeah, I think it's it's coming up to ten. Uh, for somebody who's been working around that, if James was going to get let go or um, released from his contract after this year, which I mean, the sky would have had to eat some of that deal in addition to the the money that they have on the books. It would have been tough to it would have been tough for them to swallow, I think, even with new investors. But if there was just this disconnect from ownership as well as the locker room, then yeah, it makes sense. You want to get out before you've been before you're pushed out and before you have that. I think the gap on your resume is unless you are absolutely at the top of your profession, works against everybody, no matter the industry. So if somebody sees, oh, you were fired from your last job, you were let go from your last job. And no, I've heard that question in so many interviews over the last nine, 10 months. It's like, yeah. what have you been doing while you, you know, in this period of time? And it's like hunting for a fucking job. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> And so I don't think anybody really needs to deal with that. And I think the same goes for James Wade. However, the one thing I want to address, I know that's not about the, um, the, the departure. It's rumors don't do much for me, mm -hmm. no matter how solidly the rumors are reported or how, or how um, forcefully the rumors are said and what rooms they're said in. And again, this is not on any of the reporting that's, that's come out. It's just the rumors in general, don't do anything for me. I'm not as big on pre-free agency talk in any league because I don't care until somebody says, hey, this happened. And I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> Either that was surprising or it wasn't. So until James Wade comes to somebody and says, hey, this is why I left, 
or until he comes to me for some reason and says, hey, Chris, I want to talk to you. I don't know why that would happen, but it would be pretty, pretty dope and very unexpected. Until that happens, until James Wade says, hey, this is what happened, why I left, that everything else is just ideas. Or, or until somebody says, hey, we got it from a source, a trusted source, that this is why, this is what the reason was for this, then yeah, then I then I can go with that. So it's really just about here's what happened and what effect does it is is it going to have on the team's future? I think uh, people are making a lot about a lot of the draft picks and how he's left the team in a worse position for the future. And I want to push back on that because we saw we have seen James Wade was not a great a great uh, talent uh, not a great uh, acquire acquirer of talent through the draft, specifically through the draft. He made bread by getting either, when we saw in 2019, 2021, 2022, top quality free agents to come to the team and by finding talent overseas, which that's like the draft for him is doing his normal job in Europe and evaluating talent that comes through there, that has come through there. Um, or the people that he's had, players that he's had his eye on in the past. And ownership signed off on that. That was something that ownership had to sign off on. Because the one thing I can say, we know with James Wade's temperament, if there had been any dissension prior to this year over that, then he he would never have signed an extension. He probably wouldn't have even been here. So I don't know how Emery is as a recruiter, but I could say that he would be doing the same. I would very much think that he would be doing something similar in terms of bringing talent from overseas. And Alana Smith made mention in Friday's press conference about how difficult it is as a foreign-born player to come into this league. Mm-hmm. And that's for sure true. But it's not like there's no historical foundation of foreign players coming in and succeeding in this league. So I think that as much as as much as we're talking about this next year, I don't want people's eyes to get glassy about the fact, the idea that Caitlin Clark could have come here. The sky were were what 20, 26 and ten. Yeah, they're not in the they're not in the lottery next year. Even on the two year rolling um, weighted average of your record, they're not in the lottery next year unless they specifically get try to get a top ten draft pick uh, or from a team or try to get a first round draft pick from a team who they think is going to be in the lottery. And there was nobody that Seattle was trying to acquire this year. They were trying to push it forward. And that's really the only team that I think after Brianna Stewart left uh, and Sue Bird retired, that would be a surefire um, lottery team. So that's the one thing that I thought was more sensational. And it's, and I mean sensational in terms of, or, or sorry, outrageous. And in terms of like the outrage, uh, everybody was talking about like, oh, he 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 like bailed, he, he kicked the team's future into the trash and then bounced. And the team still has some semblance of a future. What it what it means in the short term is Kalia Copper's status for the future in Chicago is thrown into even more doubt. That is for sure. Did I go too far? Did I go too far outside of what the question you asked? 
No, I think there's some parts of it that you answered for sure. And I do want to talk about Ka in the next segment for sure about where the sky, where do they go from here? Um, But in terms of what you just said too, about there needs to be more reporting about this before we actually have a full understanding of what the situation is. I'm with you and it is our jobs to make sense of this and try to think about how this could be with someone that's such an important figure in Chicago sports history. I do believe that. And even as me and James have bumped heads many times before, um, we've had a good relationship in the past and then we've not had the best relationship at times as well. And I don't think it's fair to say that any of us know what's happened. I'm just knowing that the people that have asked us on Twitter about what we make of the situation, I just want to clarify that's what I came to when thinking about this over the last day. But I am also with you. I don't think James Wade would maliciously trade all these draft picks away, knowing that he's going to be leaving in a couple of months. You know, I don't think that's fair at all. And I've said this from the beginning, we both were on this. The 2024 draft pick is not going to be valuable because of the two year accumulative way in which this whole draft thing works and the sky go 26 and 10 and the minnesota is at the bottom of the standings and even as fun as the indiana fever are this year they still given that they only they won what seven games last year they could be one of the best teams in the wnba at the end and they'd still be challenging the sky for having a higher draft pick and the sky would really have to plummet in a way where Everything comes apart where they are closer to that 12 to 15 win range. And I don't know, anything can happen. I still don't think they end up getting a high draft pick in 2024. And who knows with the draft swap in 2025, what ends up really happening there? Who knows if Dallas continues to be the team that they are right now? It's not like they're necessarily blowing teams out of the water on a night-to-night basis. You know, they're not a... I don't consider them to be a contender this year. No disrespect to Dallas fans. So I just think the timing of this is the most peculiar thing about the whole situation. And I don't think people should be speculating too much about like James sending out these draft picks maliciously. Again, I just don't think he was thinking that way. And if you're the coach on day one, you want like that you want to succeed on day one and I guess I do wonder what how the players are doing. We are recording this Sunday morning, so the press conference that the Sky are going to have pregame will be at around like 1.15 CT. So we'll be able to get more information about what's going on then. But let's talk a little bit more broadly from a historical standpoint. This is one of my favorite talking points in sports is just looking back at a person's career or tenure with a team. And kind of dissect it a little bit. I mean, what do you think James Wade's legacy is in Chicago? And I know it's not totally written yet because of the draft picks. We don't know what it's going to look like over the next couple of years or what even the players have to even say when they step up to the podium. I think a lot of them were surprised based on the Tribune and sometimes it's reporting. What do you think James Wade's legacy is right now at 1042 AM on uh, Sunday morning? One thing I'm realizing in in this era of social media and the information age, it's your legacy is written as much by the people who are watching you as you, as, as it is by you. 
Yeah. Um, in this it's in this space, when you're in an entertainment business, and make no mistakes about it, professional sports is an entertainment business. The audience writes your legacy, and I think that one, it's still being written, like you said. Two, it's it's going to be fraught because you never have a losing record in a city like Chicago. You go to the playoffs every single year that you are there. Um, you bring in and develop talent that has a, makes a lasting impression in the city, and you bring the city a championship. Uh, it's something that for from as much of part of the city insists that women's professional basketball doesn't exist when thinking about past triumphs, that championship got eyes on as much as the Candace Parker deal because it was one person that people knew and two, you brought the city more prestige. Uh, it's interesting. It is interesting seeing a uh, People talk about, uh, like, uh, there's a tweet up now from All Girls Go. You know, his, the man was not ousted. He did what he wanted to do. Ain't no hidden details. And that's part of the legacy. That people are always going to believe that you dipped for, of your, for your own reasons uh, without thought to them. It's, not, it's you know, it's, as much as it is about people caring about the players, and I believe that they do, it is about the fans of the team who feel slighted, who feel... Um, oh, there's a word for it. Uh, abandoned, maybe not. Maybe that, I think abandoned is a bit strong, but they feel like, hey, you left us because that's what sports is. You identify with your team in a strong fashion, and it, it doubly so, maybe even more than that in the WNBA, which is so maligned by a lot of people that fans of a team are going to feel like, what the hell, you know? Um, why did you, how, how could you leave us at this time? So I think that's his legacy. He is going to be the coach who won, the coach who made decisions, the, co the coach who said, I'm not fucking planning on losing. Uh, he, is, he is the coach who left. Is, um, he's, he's, not the, he's like the king who lost the North, but he is, he is the coach who left. Um, and I think that'll always be a part of it. There'll you can't you won't be able to talk about James Wade without talking about this championship that he won, and you won't be able to talk about James Wade without talking about his midseason exit. I think there are three types of Sky fans. I think there are the ones, the OGs that were there on day one that stuck with this team through watching Candace Dupree, Sylvia Fowles, Elena Deladon all want out, and they see players like Corey Vandersloot and Ellie Quigley stick with it. And then there's that second wave from like 2016 on that this was Courtney and Allie's team. They were the face of the franchise and they saw what a young head coach and James Wade come in and do wonders with the team. And then there's this third wave who saw what was happening in 2021, that the, how special the playoff run still, in my opinion, one of the greatest feats in sports history of what they were able to do with the turnaround for going 16-16 after almost having to play on the road in that first round of the playoffs because in the last game of the regular season, playing one of the worst teams, WNBA teams in, in league history, 
they almost lost and almost gave up home field advantage and then end up winning a championship with a player like Candace Parker, Courtney Vandersloot, Kalia Copper, and Allie. There's these, those are the three eras of Sky fans, I think, that exist right now. And I think the latter, the last one, the third wave that came in in 2021 and saw what the Sky were able to achieve from there on in, don't realize how bad of a situation it was in Chicago in 2019. In 2019, what James Wade was able to pull off and leading that team to a 20 and 14 record to a win in the first round of the playoffs and just barely missing a trip to the semifinals. One of the things that he told me in 2021 was how that team really thought they were going to the finals. They really thought they were going to win that game against Vegas. And they were, they believed in themselves. And he said, the hardest part about that loss was that I got them to believe and we didn't win. And that loss I don't think is on Wade, obviously. I mean, we all know what happened. Um, just a mismanaged play at the end of regulation. But I don't think people realize how important was James Wade coming in, that type of personality, someone with no-nonsense attitude. Hey, we got we got this, I believe, in every single person in the room. The team in 2018 versus the between 2019 we're not all that dramatic of a difference there, despite you know Jantel Lavender coming into the fold, but even then she gets hurt and Stephanie Dolson gets hurt. And what James Wade and the coaching staff, I always want to give credit to everyone who's a part of this coaching staff, what they were able to do to guide that team to get the absolute maximum potential out of that team and what that did to spark the run that the sky went on from 2019 and onward with, with James Wade outside of this year, quite honestly, that is special. That is some special shit. And I understand there's a lot of folks who listen to the show that came in after 2021 that, Hey, I'm so happy you all are sky fans, but I don't, I hope you realize how big a deal it was of what James Wade was able to do. I, we, I saw, I've said this a thousand times on the show, but I culture is one of the biggest building blocks that we have in sports when you see a coach set a culture and then you see the players on the floor buy into it and become victorious because of the culture and the cohesion that you're, you form on the court because of the culture that's a special thing and I don't think there are a lot of coaches out there that would have gotten what James Wade got out of his team in 2019 and then in 2020 and despite the injuries after 2020 there was enough of a foundation that he had built to get someone like Candace Parker, one of the greatest Chicago athletes of all time to come here after we've seen the instability within the franchise for so long that they were, he was able to land a big fish in Candace Park and Candace Parker. And I know there's a lot of things that go into that with her wanting to be closer to Chicago and everything, but Candace doesn't go to Chicago without that foundation being laid down by James Wade. I hope that is included in the legacy because I do agree that the people who are on social media, who or even in my position, our position, man, of writing about what James Wade's legacy is years down the road or whatever, that I hope it is included that even if you weren't there in 2019 to understand what it was like, that that is a big part of his legacy. And I'm telling you, 
James has not treated me all that well over the years. I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. You've, you've heard me talk about it offline. We have to be fair when we talk about this. The sky do not get to where they are in 2021 without James Wade and what he was able to do with this team. And to me, that has to be a really big part of James Wade's legacy, even after what comes here, because we're not talking about the Chicago sky without the that groundwork that was built in 2019, 2020, and into 2021. Um, I do think that has to be a big part of his legacy. Wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. And I'm glad you said that last because I don't know if everybody who listens to us knows that. There's some things that we've discussed. And I think I've, I have been distanced with distance from it because of the, the fact that I just couldn't get out to practice and didn't have that job that you had where you had to ask the questions that you did. And yeah, I know it was, it was difficult. I know it was difficult. I know it was difficult to you, uh, for you. And that's part of the reason that I think that it's, it's hard to make assumptions about what happened here because of that. So yeah, I mean, just point blank period one, I think that, Going from what you're saying, that team in 2019 should have at least pushed whoever they played to the semis. Like that was one of the best rivalries in summer sports cycle that year was the Sky and the Aces. Um, I, if you did, if if there's the people who picked this up recently, um, man, you should have seen Steph Dolson going at it with Liz Cambage um, mm-hmm. after Liz fouled Cheyenne Parker. You just should have been. You should have been there for it. You you didn't see me in my bathrobe, um, like moping around my apartment after that shot in Las Vegas. <laughs> moping, be like literally just like moping for another two hours after that, like in disbelief. Like there was definitely a feeling like I'm going to watch this team. One beat the Aces, who I have committed to, even as a journalist, committed to like, ah, I don't bang with this team. Uh, and then go to the finals. The Chicago basketball team was going to the finals. Uh, and then, so that one, that one stank. That one stank. Uh, so you can't talk about that. You can't talk about the history of this man. And I, and, but I think that the issue is that it's so recent for everybody that they don't have to have nuance. They just don't. The fans don't have to have nuance. Fans can be mad. <laughs> fans can afford to be mad because their perspective is what's happening this year, uh, what's happening next year with the team, what's happened to these players that we are just like 100% behind because they have to, they don't have to follow, they don't have to report on them. They don't have to, engage with them as much in in that arena. And this is not, oh, woe is me as a journalist. It's just, you as a fan, you can afford to be pissed when your team does something that's off the wall. And that's it. And so, that, yeah. no, no, I, I, I feel for them, but you, it's going to take a long time for people to step, to be able to have that reflection. It's going to take a long time for that. I don't know if we'll get it for a while. Um, so yeah. I'll just say this. 
especially in this league where the coverage, while it has increased, you can't just have one reporter on the ground and expect them to get every single thing, obviously. Especially with the WNBA, there is always more to the story. There is always more to the story than what appears when you see that Rachel Galligan bomb about, or like Christina Williams bomb, whatever, you know, the, the Annie Costable bomb, whatever you want to call it. Like, there's always more to the story with this stuff. And I just would recommend taking a deep breath before trying to tear apart somebody's character. But I also understand that the, what the fan experience is, whether I disagree with it or not, where you can say whatever you want on social media about a person. And um, I think if anyone's followed me recently, like I don't put out takes as much anymore. I just tweet out observations that I'll have about something that happens in games. And I just think this whole thing is very complex. I'm when it comes to James Wade, I, let's just see what happens more with the reporting. But just when it comes to James Wade's legacy, I'm just I'm glad that we could talk about what happened early on in his tenure because it's such an important part of not just his story with the sky, but the Chicago sky, what their story is as a franchise. They are not in the position at where they're at, but they're also in a really tough position right now. They are undoubtedly in a really difficult position. And I guess, and actually, is there anything else that before we move on to just like what this means for the sky moving forward, is there anything else that you want to say about James Wade's legacy before we move forward with the show? I think that there's a lot that is, I mean, Yohan Yohan, uh, Caviar put out a tweet yesterday, late yesterday. Uh, They said, uh, brother, this journey with you has been the most amazing adventure in my career and one of the most unforgettable of my life. And that's, you know, the video coordinator, even on a small staff, that's the video coordinator saying that. And even though I think for people who don't know, he's very much as as much a part of this team as anybody else. Um, And there's that. There's there's the legacy of that. There's bringing Kalia Copper from a role player spot in Washington to a potential most valuable player, um, you know, helping, helping aid in that. I firmly believe that Ka had the mentality for that, but everybody needs a a helping hand in some way. Um, It's just bringing more, more eyes on this in Chicago and making and and turning this fan base into one that is uh, very hardcore about their team. Uh, and increasing that, increasing those hardcore fans, uh, increasing the number of them and increasing their dedication to the team. So it's, again, it's it's complicated and it's not done. It's like a pitcher that leaves in the middle of an inning. Mm-hmm. You always say they, they pitch this many innings plus this many batters. And so it's not resolved yet. The line's incomplete. I did say yesterday on Mike Hughes' show, um, check out that that skyline on YouTube or Mike on the mic that the players are the ones out here as well as Emory and the coaching staff. And I think it's the best revenge for them if there's such a thing as revenge in this in this instance. Yeah. Is you gotta make the playoffs. You you absolutely have to make the playoffs. You've got to make it count um in in that way. 
and to retain the the downhill momentum that you were getting after winning the championship that was that was what we talked about over the offseason like maintaining that downhill momentum from winning the championship and that was what was so important with this year because i was saying you had to walk a line between setting the team up for the future but also keeping the interest on them outside of that core group of fans that is not going to dip. And I think as much as people have, have talked about, and, and, and I can understand why letting, you know, bailing on them and putting throwing the future into serious doubt with trading away the draft picks, bringing in a player like Courtney Williams, who has galvanized this fan base and, really opened up an entirely new wing of her career is no, has been no small feat. And that not just doesn't just come from the head coach, but he said, he's like, I realized that this was a possibility that we weren't planning on making Courtney Williams a point guard. When she came in, it was something that developed over the course of the season, just in conversing with her and then realizing that she could be that person to relay things and to really take charge of the game. That was the concern coming in, and I don't think we saw that in Connecticut when they tried it, and that's coming from another coach and coaching staff that was pretty damn good. The legacy, it's its too complicated to put into a few sentences. And again, I understand that fans are hurt, and that's the way they feel right now, and they can afford to feel that way. There's no, There's nothing wrong with that. But it's too complicated, I think, to just even put into 750 or a thousand words right now because it's still incomplete. Absolutely. It is. And there's a lot that needs to be said before we can even dive deeper. Obviously what the players have to say might, I don't know if impact is the right word for discussing what it means for his legacy, but I'll be curious what this, what Kalia Copper has to say about it. Someone who, her and James really seemed really close. She, he's someone that really believed in her. Like he gave her a max contract before anyone thought that she deserved one coming off a season with like not really having the highest of usage or getting a ton of minutes. And he saw the potential of her. Her team did too. Like Ali Quigley has said that too. And she blossomed into a two way superstar. And a lot of that has to do in having a coach that believes in you. It's the same thing with Alana Smith this season. It's the same thing with Marina Mabry. When you make a big trade, like what this guy did in putting in all that draft equity to get a player like Marina that empowers players. And we don't always see that all the time. So we maybe we'll talk a little bit more about his legacy at some point in the future, but as of right now, the Sky do have to move forward, like you just said. And Emre Vatan Sever, he has some experience he- like as a head coach, very minimal in the WNBA. When James got COVID last year, Emre filled in and led the Sky to a 2-0 and record. And even this past WNBA offseason, he coached in Turkey, in one of the hardest countries in the world to pl- be a head coach and lead a team in just because of how competitive it is in that country when it comes to women's basketball. So he does have experience. And again, he does have the interim tag. Let's not forget this isn't Emre's gig fully just yet, but the sky are going to move forward. Let's start off here. Do you think the sky are going to try to 
hire a coach midseason, or do you think Emre Vatan Sever leads the way the rest of the way? Um, I think that I think they keep Emre. I really do. Um, like you said, even with even as dif- it's different as he is from James, I think they at least give him a chance to see if it if it goes if it goes in for him. And I said on my show, just in conversations I've had with you, he's deserved a chance to to get a lead role. And this could be a trial for him. You want to get the team to the playoffs and make noise. And you have an extended period of time in which to do it. So this is a good trial for him to go for it and to see exactly what is possible for him to do. But um I, I think yeah, hiring a coach midseason would be a lot. I, I don't know which what your availability is. Why do that? I do think if you have someone that like someone like Emre who's been around this team, continuity does matter. Maybe they do keep a similar system that what James has right now, and they're able to ride this out a little bit. I do think it would just be a lot for this team after they're processing this from an emotional standpoint. Hiring a coach midseason would just be a lot of ping-ponging around and just going back and forth, going in all these different directions. Like so they need a clear path forward move, like especially given with the whole draft situation. It's like there's no other reason for them to tank this season. They should try to move forward and see what they have in players like Dana Evans. Ruthie Hebert's gonna be coming back. Maybe Morgan Birch is able to develop more too and she hopefully will be back with this team after what we've seen from her. I think she's proven she's a WNBA player. Even when you talk to other WNBA players, they're like, Morgan's been doing this overseas. We are not surprised that Morgan has been able to make the leap at the WNBA level after having some up and down years in training camp. So I think it'd be really weird if the sky try to find a new coach unless it's like a really big name, like what if Teresa Witherspoon's like, hell yeah, I want to coach this guy. I think maybe you start to think about it in that sense. But other than that, I'm with you. I love Emre Vatan Sever as a person. I think Sky fans especially are really going to like his personality as someone who he's just very thoughtful. He's someone that, again, has a lot of coaching experience and has really worked his way to get to this point. I mean, he got emotional even talking about it last year about how he's been waiting for an opportunity to coach at the WNBA level. And even if it's just two games filling in for James, like that meant a lot to him. People are going to connect with this guy. I can't speak highly enough about the, the rest of the coaching staff too. Like Tanya Edwards is hilarious and a legend. So you look, I mean, and down the line as well. I I think that this team I don't know what it looks like on the court moving forward that they're going to be able to bounce back from this. It does seem like everyone was shocked to hear this news, but you can do a lot worse than Emre Vatan Sever. He's a A plus person. I do think if my, if I remember my reporting correctly, he is also someone that did talk with the Connecticut sun this past off season about the head coaching gig that was available before Stephanie White filled it. So I am curious to see what happens the rest of the season, but I do have faith in him that he could steer the rudder in the right direction. How confident do you feel about this guy on the court the rest of the way, Chris? Do you feel like this team that has had some momentum trending in the right direction, they're six in the standings as of right now, it's by a thin margin, 
They are sixth in the standings. They're on a two-game win winning streak. How do you project this team the rest of the season as they try to bounce back from losing someone that was a pretty big figure in the organization? Um, it's going to take an effort to get a positive record. I still think that this is a team that can finish the season over 500. Uh, they've proven it the last couple of games, and the offense is right. Um, I just keep coming back to those quotes about Tanya Edwards and the coaching staff in the last two post games. Um, that's one thing that I keep coming back to after this. Um, it, like they were doing not more than normal, but they were doing a, a lot of a lot of work that it was known, but maybe hadn't been put out there on a regular basis before, or just discussed in post games. I'll say that. Um, there's a lot of parody in the middle. There's a lot of parody in the middle. Like I said, there's no teams that are just walks anymore. Uh, or maybe, maybe even Seattle is not a walk. They still have Jewel Lloyd, but they're, they're the team that's probably easiest to beat. But that's 11 other teams. That's 10 other teams that you're going to have to get up for every day. Case in point, this game today, this won't show the rest of the season. It won't be like the rest of the season that's something that's only available in hindsight and depending on your perspective and the context and what you're trying to get at. But a win today at least shows that the team is not full of like, this didn't take all the air out of them. And I'd be surprised at that in general, but success for this team still to me is getting to the playoffs and making noise. They have to get to the playoffs and make noise because you've got to prove that You've, you've got to say for the team to people who are out there on the fence, like following the team, but are like, you know, not as, not as hardcore dedicated that, yo, this is our time to show out. I can almost hear that in Courtney Williams voice. It's our time to show out and really get this going, really get this rolling downhill. I don't know. I don't know what will happen. <laughs> this is the thing, the thing to say things like this can go, one way or the other in terms of like the team uses this as a rallying point or it's something that just like hits them in the stomach and you never really get back up. And I don't see this team as a team that gets gut punched and, and just curls up, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get those 25 wins that I predicted after the first game, first couple games of the season. It's going to be difficult. I'm with you. I want to see how they respond over the next few games, especially, I think that's going to be a really important stretch for them to see how they're able to bounce back after losing someone who they all talked about in the offseason or in training camp, I should say, about how a lot of them came to the sky because of the culture that was instilled. And like we just talked about previously, that culture was built on what James has been able to do. It did not exist in the same way that it did before he came here in 2019 or late 2018. But I want to see how they bounce back. I am really, I guess that's all I have to say about it. I want to see how they look over the next like four games leading up to the all-star break that is coming up. They only have two, well, they have these couple games in Atlanta, this game against the fever. Let's just see how they're able to do and they only have one all-star in Kalia Copper so maybe they have a chance to reboot mentally a little bit and we'll see what happens I do 
just because I know that someone wanted us to talk about it in terms of uh, we dropped a tweet just about what questions that you all have. I think it is very reasonable to question or just ask about what Kalia Copper's future with the Chicago Sky is going to be moving forward. And it's going to be really difficult, I feel like, if you don't have pieces set up beforehand or like even in the offseason, I think you have to like right now, the coaching search begins right the fuck now. If you're trying to keep Kalia Copper, in my opinion, if you're able to work with her potentially about who would fit in well here in Chicago as the next head coach, it's a pivotal decision because I do think James and Ka were close. She, I know last year she talked about how like, Hey, this is all what James was able to pull off. That's all him in terms of being able to bring people here and getting someone like an Emma Misamin to <laughs> sacrifice physically and all of her time in order to come over and play a summer in Chicago and then right into Euro league. So I would be worried. I would be really worried as a Sky fan about what Kalia Copper's future in Chicago would be, not just after James leaving, but even teams being up and down. I do think the difference between 2021 and 2022, I should say in the playoffs of 2021 and 2022, the difference of playing in a well-oiled machine where people are able to generate open looks for you, are able to maximize what you know you are as a basketball player versus what we've been able to see from her this year, even though she is an all-star and she, you know, what she's been able to do in isolation, especially this year, it's like, she's just so, she's such a magical player. That's how I would describe it. She's so magical. She is a free agent at the end of the year and winning is so much better than losing Chris, you know, winning is so much better than losing. And, she doesn't owe the sky anything at this point. She has delivered a championship. She is a finals MVP for a reason. She signed a two-year deal after that. She could have dipped with everybody else, but she didn't. She said, I am committing two years to you all. And that's more than we've seen other stars in the past do with this organization. So Kalia Copper doesn't owe anyone anything. She is a blossoming superstar for a reason. Obviously, again, like there are things that she's still working through right now offensively. But at the same time, just if you were to take away all the numbers, we, we know I test wise, Kalia Copper is one of the best players in this league. And I'd be worried if I was a Sky fan. Like, I think you got to add maybe like even more ownership. I don't know. More resources, whatever that looks like. More resources, a a coach that she believes in to give yourself the best chance in January to be able to retain someone like her. So what do you think though? Do you think Kalia Copper status in Chicago is up in the air at this point, or is that even too soon to be having this discussion? Because I don't think it is at the 15 game mark or 16 game mark. I should say. You don't think her status is up in the air or you don't think it's too soon to have the discussion. I don't think it's too soon to have the discussion. No, I don't think so either. And I think it's definitely up in the air to, to be, to be safe about it. It's uh, Con James Lane had that relationship. It was something that was very, very tight. And I think this last offseason and this year, just some of the, the difficulty that we saw with Cog getting into the offense and getting going, even though she's named an all star. And I was like, congratulations on that. Sure. Like, Kalia Cobb is an all star, and I think it's deserved. 
but there's some difference, some difficulty, some like, where is, how are we integrating her with the other players that we have on uh, specifically, you know, like I, like I talked about with that dessert metaphor on our last show, who gets to eat and when, how do we satisfy everybody in the, in the um, appetizer and the entree portion of, of the game so that they can feel good for dessert. And that was just like the difficulty there, I think. Um, so it's definitely up in the air. I don't know where uh, there's a lot of teams that would be more than more than willing and ready to have Kalia Copper. And I'm sure that they're already making some trying to make some inroads in some way. But that's a player <laughs> that the sky have to that's a player that the sky have to try and keep. It's just a player that the sky have to try and keep. Uh, Kalia Copper is so important to this franchise's identity. And again, to those fans that you're trying to leverage and increase, you know, you know where you know where you get money to sign players, to build practice facilities, to increase your marketing, the turnstile. Even if it's not a turnstile anymore, you sell tickets. And Kalia, Kalia Copper is a player that puts asses in seats, very yeah. simply. In terms of you just alluding to people potentially, like other teams starting to talk with her, man, this could not be coming at a worse time with the All-Star game coming up. Going to Las Vegas, you know what I'm talking about, man. Just a little bit. I'm not trying to speculate too much, but how many times have we seen this on the NBA side, where they go to the All Star game and you see all these people like they're having their meetings, and then you see, I mean, tampering in the NBA is crazy. I don't think it it's as crazy in the WNBA, obviously, but I know that if I was an All Star and I am thinking about 2024 of my team. I don't think, look, I don't know how you could watch what the Las Vegas Aces are doing this season and be like, no, my team's going to beat the fucking Las Vegas Aces this year. The season's not over with. I'm not by any means saying that injuries can happen. Um, whatever can happen. We've seen teams start off really hot before. This to me transcends all of that <laughs> with the Las Vegas Aces at 15 and one and the one loss coming after they had difficulties traveling to Connecticut and everything. I mean, this is an all-time great team. And by the end of the season, I think we're going to be talking about them as the greatest team ever, potentially. Um, Statistically, it's trending in that direction. (laughs) Going back to it, if I was a player at the All-Star game thinking about my team in 2024, and I knew my missing piece was Kalia Copper, and she was available at the end of the season... Boy, would I be tampering so fucking hard, Chris. I would be, oh my God, I, that would be, I'd be Mr. Tampering. I would be there talking to Kalia Copper being like, hey, this is my pitch. Here is my 80 slide PowerPoint. Um, like I would just be making that pitch. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie when right after it was announced, James was stepping down and accepting this role with the Raptors. And it was immediately announced that Kalia Copper was going to the All-Star game. I'm like, ooh, that's a tough blend right there in terms of what the recruitment could be like at the All-Star game. Because that shit exists no matter how much it's against the rules. It exists. You can't monitor all these things. I will say this too, though, Chris. Annie came out with a story around the time Courtney Vandersloot had come back in the town with the Liberty. And in that story, it included... Courtney Vandersloot is interested in taking in a front office position after her career is over. And 
I hope that we see Courtney Vandersloop play basketball for the next 20 years. She is one of the greatest players that I've ever had a chance to cover. And she means a lot to the Chicago sky, obviously just being a pillar of the organization for so long. There's a GM position that's open, Chris. And I know that she's not filling it anytime soon, but man, I am intrigued that in six, seven, eight years, potentially if Courtney is done being a player and still wants to stick around basketball, if she ends up becoming the general manager. And the reason I had that thought is I took it a step further and thought, okay, I don't think Courtney would want to be a coach, but she wants to be a general manager. In order for that to happen, there has to be two positions open for it. A head coach and a general manager, not the dual role that we've seen in the WNBA for so long that we've seen James Wade occupy for a number of years. Do you think that the Chicago Sky need to have a general manager separate from being the head coach? And do you think the Sky end up potentially going on the cheaper route by looking for someone that wants to occupy both roles? No, I definitely do. I've thought that for a while. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I think it's it's a lot of heavy lifting for one person to do. And uh, you mentioned old WNBA and new WNBA. And that's one thing I think that absolutely has to happen, not for the team to be more successful, so to speak, but just to take some pressure off that one person. And some of the outside, some of the scrutiny that James Wade got was in a lot of it was in his moves um, in terms of player personnel and recruiting. As we can see in this case, a lot of it is coming from uh, draft picks and what you're doing with those. So if you want to take some of that pressure off of one person, split those roles up, then you have to hire two people and make sure that they're on the same page as much as you as much as they possibly can be. But you take all of you take all of the uh, the, the weight off of one person, split it between two people. And I think then you have a better chance of avoiding a situ- a similar situation, most definitely. I feel like it's a given, and I do think that Sky probably realized that with new business people in the room, supposedly, again, it hasn't been officially announced that the Sky have brought in new ownership. It has been reported on that they're anticipating having those people with business backgrounds buying 10% of the team and everything, but it's not official. I still think that they're having those conversations. And if I had to guess, they were saying you can't have put too much on someone's plate like that. Those are two different roles. And I do think James had sometimes he dealt with the challenge of talking as a head coach when asked about general manager related questions and vice versa. When I don't think it's unfair to ask like what Annie was really good about this. And last year, just about how, Hey, Courtney's on a one-year deal. Are you worried about her leaving for Seattle? Which, by the way, man, the the path for that was pretty damn clear, right? It was something that everyone could see. She has talked about it. She even told me that like playing for Seattle would be something that she that would mean a lot to her, you know? And even Alexa Philippou, after Courtney signed with the Liberty said it was really hard to say no to Seattle, right? So very a very basic question coming from a WNBA reporter. And James would kind of swerve around those questions. And I do think having those two 
people to occupy those different positions. One that can deal with the, the, answering those questions from the media, because that's, I'm sorry, but if you want WNBA coverage, you get the totality of that coverage, the good and the bad. And then you can have a head coach who can have a relationship with the general manager, who can guide the team the way that they need to guide the team. And the Chicago Sky vacancy is really attractive because you're going to have a chance to mold the roster the way that you want it to look. And that's both for the singular head coach and the singular GM in this position, right? I think it's an attractive job, one that if you are looking to break in, especially, and there's a lot of candidates out there that have just been waiting for their moment. My God, I do think that there's with, again, with, we're going to see potentially a decent amount of roster turnover based on how many one-year deals there are that this gives you, that gives this guy the opportunity to offer two different positions now, and they're not inheriting someone else's roster to the fullest degree. So, whew, crazy a lot. Sky Town, man. It is thundering out here for a reason, you know? It is, <laughs> it's crazy that we're at this point, and while I'm not shocked, it's just still weird to say the words out loud that James Wade is no longer going to be the head coach of the Chicago Sky. And I do want to share one quick story. Do you have time? I know it's we're, we're like we're pretty late right now. Do you have a little um, I'll have to charge my my headphones in a second. I'll go really quick. Okay. It was last season. Me and James had a better relationship right after the finals. Like, you know, everyone's coasting off the high of Sky winning the finals. Like I was coasting off the high of getting my break in journalism with the Chicago Tribune, being able to cover the Sky's championship run in Phoenix, doing it for my hometown paper and everything. Like, um, it was a big deal, like for a variety of reasons, the Sky winning the championship. And I had more opportunities to like talk with James because I wasn't just writing for Windsider at this point. Um, I was writing for a couple places. And me and James developed a little bit of a relationship and it wasn't until like March of 2021 or 2022, excuse me, where I was interviewing James once and I've talked to you guys about my heart problems before. Like they're, they've grown to be really debilitating, especially from that point on. Um, it has sucked. And that was one of the biggest points where it was like, Oh no, this is getting worse. And I was interviewing James and I started to do, go through what I go through with the whole thing. And um, I was like, James, I got to go. Like, this is about to get bad. And we hung up. And then the next day, like, James checked on me. You know, like, he, I know that he has a lot of qualms with the media. And a lot of us don't, we don't see eye to eye with, like, what the, that role looks like with the media and how we report on the sky and wish we had more opportunities to work those things out a little bit more, but I always hold on to that moment because even when James and I, like, again, just had those discussions in press conferences that were heated and it's, it wasn't lost. Like, I don't think James was ever like a bad person. I very much admire how he cares about the people that he cares about the way that how much love he has for his son and even when I, again, I I have grown frustrated with, again, how I was treated in, in a lot of those moments, I really 
appreciate the person that he is and how much care he does bring to every person that he wants to show love for. And uh, when you hear players talk about that, when you hear like how much they admire him, it's not just player speak or coach speak when people talk about it. Like this is a guy that really gives a fuck about what he does, does not waste a moment. And, and he is very, he's thoughtful. Someone that really does give a shit, man. He really does give a shit. And I do, I think about that whole thing a lot, just like him quickly reaching out, just being like, just to check on me the next day when he's got a thousand different responsibilities, like training camps coming up the WNBA season. Like this is one of the biggest of his career. And he even just took a little bit of time just to like check in on me. Like, I think that those are the, the little things that that stick out to me when I think about James's tenure. And I do wish him the best moving forward. Um, wish we ended things a little bit on better terms and everything, but wish I, I kind of wish I had got a chance to go see the that game before or his last game, Courtney Williams putting up that triple double, like just having one last convo just to be like, just to wish him the best. But yeah, I just, I wanted to share that because even in the hardest moments communicating with him and there's been tough moments and I'm not the only one that's had tough moments covering James. I do hold on to those ones knowing about like who the, who the person he is and I don't forget how difficult it is for people to be writing about you and having to come up with ideas about your team for a living when it's it's just a really difficult dynamic. So I just wanted to share that. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? It's a doozy, but, you know. Hey, I mean, fans hold tight. Watch Kalia Copper in the All-Star game. Watch your ball out. And then, but but let the reporting come through. Yep. If you have thoughts, you have thoughts. Don't take those thoughts as gospel. Don't take those thoughts as the all as the altogether truth. Because if something comes out that has solid uh, um, evidence behind it, then you're going to be. Hey, it's going to be harder to it's going to be harder to believe because you've set yourself. So it, there is a difference between, you know, standing for something so you don't fall for anything and being open to what things could possibly be. But watch Kalia Copper ball out in the All-Star game. It's going to help. It will, Skytown. And we got a game coming up in a few hours. So we'll see what the players have to say about the situation. We'll see what if James ends up talking with someone else about it. And maybe we'll get more a clearer picture of what's going on because I hope he gets a chance to tell his side because it's important for documenting everything that's happened. That's why we report and talk about that's why we have a podcast to make sure that none of this stuff gets lost like it has in the past. So we appreciate you all taking some time out of your day to listen to this episode. I know it was a heavy one, but we appreciate you doing that. If you could take a second to rate review and subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcast, that would help us out a lot. And if you want to contact us and tell us why we're all wrong about this James Wade situation, you can email us at the skyhook mailbag at gmail.com. One more time. That is the skyhook mailbag at gmail.com. And if you want to find us on social media, you can always do so by 
checking out the episode description that contains our link tree. You can find it everywhere we are digitally there. So Chris, glad we did this. Appreciate all of you for tuning in and until next time.